0: Welcome to another episode of the Property Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stockbridge. Every episode, we bring you the first principles of real estate, interviews with the identities and influences that are making their mark on the real estate community and bringing you hints and tips that we hope helps you make and save tens of thousands of dollars on your real estate journey. As we upload this podcast, it is the eve of Good Friday. Good Friday. This will be an Easter unlike any other. With movement restrictions and social distancing guidelines being strictly adhered to, this will be an Easter where attendance at church isn't just discouraged, but even perhaps unlawful. So how does the church adjust? How does a centuries-old institution change how it communicates, engages, and carries out its services. There's much to glean from this podcast with Stephen Blore. Now, Stephen's an Anglican minister overseeing decades of innovation in just a matter of a few days at his parish right now. So how has he pivoted to deal with the new paradigm? You'll hear that and more with Anglican minister and my good friend, Stephen Bloor. And joining me now is Stephen Bloor. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast.
1: It's good to be able to talk to you, Dave.
0: So Stephen, perhaps um, uh, set it up for us a little bit. Tell us about your story, um, how you found your way into doing what it is that you're doing now and, and ultimately how you guys are having to adjust what it is that you do in accommodation of the current crisis.
1: Yes certainly So uh, for the last 10 and a bit years I've been involved With the Anglican Church As a as a minister As a priest with them mm-hmm. And uh, I think we met When I took over At the parish in Salisbury And, mm-hmm. and most recently This year I've just moved down To St. Columba's At Hawthorne mm-hmm. uh, So we're, we're in the business I guess of building community and, and sharing what we call the good news with people but it, it's really about community in, in and about with people so uh, you can imagine that with this virus it's, it's very difficult to see people.
0: So I, I guess what affected you immediately um, in, um, it, it was uh, not being able to have uh, the congregation come together. Um, so how is it that you've been able to maintain community when you can't bring that community together?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's been the, the great question that we've all been asking because obviously when we got told we could no longer gather together, and, and rightly so with how, how this virus goes, we needed to work out how to gather people. So... The first thing was doing some of the traditional media, so uh, we're on the phones calling people and connecting with them and working out what technology they had or didn't have. So we work with a lot of elderly people, so Mm -hmm. it's gone back to dropping in things in the mailbox. And then with those that are more technologically advanced, we've uh, really been pushing our Facebook page and our email newsletter.
0: Right. And, and so did you previously have a, a newsletter or an email newsletter that went out?
1: We didn't actually have a, a really good uh, email newsletter. We had a, a paper newsletter that would go out from time to time. Okay. Uh, but now we've gone to a weekly email newsletter uh, so that we, we're connecting with people more deeply.
0: And, and what's the, how, how's the content shifted within that newsletter now?
1: Yeah, well, the content's moved towards talking about the things that we would have normally talked about when we gather together, mm-hmm. uh, but also about what people can do in their homes uh, from the day to day in building community and connecting with, with God, uh, but also connecting with, with their neighbours in particular.
0: So you've taken an existing tool there and and, um, and and made that appropriate for the moment and filled that with uh, more relevant content as one way to keep the community to together. Uh, with the new media, with social media, you mentioned that there is a, a lot of older parishioners. Um, what what do you think the split is in the uptake to people uh, being on the, the the Facebook page within the congregation? Well, it,
1: it's fascinating. I love number have actually connected with, with the Facebook page and also with using Zoom for small group meetings. Wow. Um, but with the Facebook page, because you can view a Facebook page without
0: signing up to Facebook, mm-hmm.
1: uh, but there's actually been quite a large take up of people going there. It just meant they needed to have the internet connection and to know when we were going Facebook live with, with what we were sharing. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's actually worked really well for them. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, you know, the fear of joining Facebook Uh, Can actually be overcome by saying you don't need to join it You can just go to the page and see what we're talking about.
0: Yeah yeah, and um, and so has there been a, in your expectation? Were, were you expecting there to be more pushback than what there is, or, or has there been better uptake than you'd imagine? Or uh, how, how's it how's it gone? Because it's a really quick implementation process. It's you're, you're dealing with an older demographic, and ideally, it would have been nice to prepare them over a period of weeks for any type of substantial change. But you know, within a matter of days, you've had to work out work these things out. Um, how, how how's been their adoption?
1: Yeah, um, well, with, with the Anglican Church, we normally jo- joke that we move slower than government. So, you know, <laughs> to, to bring people along for a change is, is normally something that we take
0: months to. Do. Yeah.
1: Uh, so this is, this has been extraordinarily quick, uh, but surprisingly, people have actually adopted it quickly. They've given feedback, uh, so there's ongoing improvements that we're making, mm-hmm. um, and they've been very forgiving for the mistakes that have been
0: made along the way as well. Now, I know for you personally. You, you would prefer not to be on Facebook at all if you could avoid it. Um, and now it's, a, it's an imperative for you to be um, uh, on the platform. So how are you re-engaging with the platform and, and how are you dealing with that?
1: Yeah, so I guess for me personally, I, I, I'm not a big fan of Facebook. I think it takes a, a lot of our data. And when, you, when you're in a situation where something's free, you're the product. Uh, so mm. it was one of those hesitations of mine. I guess for me, it's also
0: going, where, where are the people? Yeah, uh, And and the people are there on social media when, when there's no other way to connect with people. Uh, that's a platform that they're
1: there on. Uh, mm. And you it's actually building a relationship with them in their homes, mm. uh, which for the church is not something that we normally do apart from when we go and visit people. Uh, so it's quite exciting in that sense. Uh, mm. In terms of re-engagement, it's actually been very particular of looking at what community groups are there that we can be part of to connect with where people are gathering already online
0: Mm -hmm. oh and so that's a really interesting point so did the uh did the did you already have an existing facebook page or channel or did you have to start that from scratch
1: the the church did have uh, a facebook uh, channel Um, we had a, a, a small following on that we've seen uh, what is it? A third increase of followers since we we started doing this. Yeah. Uh, so you can see that it's rapid rapid growth of an online presence uh, within two
0: weeks. So. And how would have the page been used before? The page before was just being used to advertise
1: when we had an event. It was really just a. Uh, here's an event that you might like to know about like a well, community it's actually about building relationships so mm. we're
0: using the platform really for what it's designed for yeah so you've gone from being a uh, using it as a community notice board to now using it as the primary community engagement tool um in both the uh, and and you um and so you're using video primarily now
1: We're using video primarily. Uh, I think we still want to see face-to-face, so we want to have that human touch. So we're videoing for Facebook and then encouraging people to meet together uh, via Zoom, really, when we're connecting with
0: people. And has there been any change to probably not the message but in the way that you deliver the message for the platform or uh, are you finding that as you're um, say uh, um, uh, delivering a service or sharing information it's still very much in that same format as you would have delivered it in person
1: yeah that's an interesting one so so some of the other churches have gone to doing their whole service online um, in the same way as they would have done normally we've actually deliberately skewed away from that. We've actually gone for for shorter things, shorter messaging Mm -hmm. and trying to be more focused. Um, We kind of feel that with the medium people aren't going to cope with uh, an hour long sitting in front of a screen, particularly when they're spending their whole week in front of a screen, if they're there at work, at home or anything like that. So we're trying to keep it short Mm -hmm. and, and focused on the things that are actually helpful. Yeah. Um, and inviting people to join us in what we're doing so when we're doing a longer thing like praying we're actually saying no no don't watch the screen actually pray with us and um, take your eyes off the screen and just listen for a moment
0: yeah yeah so you're using uh, the audio aspect of that as well so it, it, so that's that's really interesting so you're discouraging people from uh, from uh, using using the medium and perhaps the way it was intended and uh, and, and evoking a, a different type of response because you're also giving them a break from uh, what perhaps they've been forced to do with working from home or, or, or just having that tendency to absorb more screen time.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's... Obviously, if you're going to give a message, it's going to be a lot longer than the, the normal uh, Facebook video of two, two minutes or less. Yeah. Uh, I know for you, you work very hard on sharing a house in in the shortest period of time possible to show the features without dragging it on. Mm. Um, we've gotta be careful that we don't drag on because
0: people's attention is just not gonna cope on a screen. So that's really interesting. So how are you, what's a, what might, does anything come to mind as a good example of taking a message that you would have delivered in a in a service in a long form and then um, changing that um, while still making it super relevant and, and uh, and delivering it on social media yeah, I, I'm trying
1: to think of a, a clear message. I, I think the, the, the general statement is that we're going, well, here's the message here at the key point, uh, and rather than talking through it and giving multiple examples, it's, it's actually sharing the key points and then seeing what questions come up through the comments. So the other part of it, particularly with Facebook Live, is it allows for engagement to people that have never had uh, before. So, you know, people are talking, th- as we're giving a sermon, people are talking through it and... And asking questions, and, and we can
0: actually then respond to those questions. So it becomes far more um, conversational. So, the, yeah. So the informality of the of the platforms enabling uh, much more of a conversation to happen, rather than a, it being more of a tutorial type delivery. Exactly. Ah, and 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 as a as somebody who's uh, was uh, has been trained to teach in in that way, in that tutorial, in that very traditional way. How are you adapting? And and how. How are you feeling in delivering it in that way? Yeah, well, it's fascinating talking at a screen and hoping that people hear what you're saying. Um, (laughs) I guess the the
1: adaptation is is just going, well, what are the key points? What are the – what's the key message that you actually want people to take and apply? And then reaffirming it and hearing when people aren't getting it um, to try to work out the best way. it's a lot of trial and error really and you've just got to be willing to,
0: to take the risk particularly in this climate if you're not willing to take the risk you're going to fall behind mm. and are there uh, any elements uh, to what you're doing at the moment or that you would consider to continue on with in the future or or things that are popping up now that you're thinking look this is working better than I thought and this is a great way forward for the organisation um, on the other side of this crisis yeah that's there's a conversation that
1: um, our team started to have only uh, last couple of days around what, what's the benefit of the, this platform going forward. We can definitely see that with community engagement, we often have struggles, particularly try- when we're trying to connect with working people, uh, mm. of making meetings, uh, and if we're trying to meet with both parties uh, in, a, uh, in a marriage or something, or a child's baptism, for example, yeah. it's very difficult to make a time. And so we're looking at now how we can use the platform to uh, build those relationships. And have those conversations uh, to pre record stuff um, that's standard along uh, for every conversation so that
0: then we can, when we meet with people, we're, we're actually able to be more focused as well. Yeah, yeah, terrific. And um, I, 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 it might even be too early, but could you imagine a time where the church builds out an online resource that you can uh, quickly refer to uh, in your. Uh, or does it already have an online resource that people can delve into that you, you're referring to in um, as you're delivering your um, your message through these Facebook lives? Yeah, yeah there, there are there are resources out there, and I guess for each church they,
1: they'll want to develop their own their own resources and their own way of doing stuff. Uh, and so that's part of what we're in the process of doing. The, the great privilege of something like Facebook uh, particularly if you've recorded your videos and kept them stored elsewhere
0: in case the platform changes, is that you, once you've recorded that you've actually got it. Yeah. Uh, and so you can continue to share it and refer people to it. It gives a, a database for people and I, I think
1: with this change culturally, I think people are going to become far more accepting of doing this and so mm. they'll come back to this and accept that they're going to watch a video on a screen. Uh, likewise, I think we're talking about having our small groups, our Bible study groups on Zoom during this. And we expect that even once this finishes, it, it may be more acceptable for people to do a Bible study or a group meet up on um,
0: Zoom in the future rather than trying to get everyone together in the same place. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can see that in a business sense as well um, and have very similar conversations with other other people that are now of the view to, uh, yeah, there's a lot of meetings that are going to be moved to uh, to the screen um just the drive time the inconvenience um i, I think there was um uh, the the primacy of um face-to-face contact is um it, it was done more out of tradition and out of fear that if we didn't uh, get face-to-face for important things or things that we deemed to be important then uh, the importance of that thing was somewhat diminished but now you know people are Billion-dollar deals are happening, um, everyday meetings are happening, uh, family catch-ups are happening, all on Zoom right now. And I think it's it's that, um, that point uh, where the culture's now in complete acceptance of it. It's now legitimate. It's like signing contracts online. Uh, there's going to be very few people that will have resistance to it in the next year or so.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's going to become the standard. I think at the same time for community, people are going to become more and more desperate to connect with people. Mm. Uh, so I think this could be a time where actually your neighbourhood, your neighbours suddenly become far more important. Um, we've been reaching out to our neighbours and doing things like teddy bears and Easter eggs in the windows and, mm. and having a, a drink on the driveway, waving at each other at a distance on a Sunday night. Um, <laughs> so so that face to face is actually still really valuable but it's going to be i think more around that local community and around your family yeah. rather than in the in the day-to-day business sense
0: and how has your personal routine changed because i'd i'd imagine that a large part of your job is seeing people face to face so how, how how has your routine changed
1: Yeah, so so my routine has changed in the sense that we've been able to set up scheduling of Zoom calls and then also making a lot more phone calls rather than visiting people. That's meant that the phone call, the intensity of phone calls has increased Mm -hmm. and also what's been shared, that's a lot more deeper than perhaps we would have normally experienced. Hmm. Um, And in the sense of the day, well, it means I'm in the car a lot less, which is both a good
0: thing and a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and um, amongst your your parishioners, you know, are there um, are, are, are there any particular concerns or uh, around this? Um, is there a, a some a message that seems to be coming back from people? Um, what, what, what's your read in terms of the the sentiment out there amongst people right now?
1: Yeah, I think there's still a large amount of fear amongst people um, and a, a sense of grief and loss and shock. Um, so a lot of people are still trying to work out exactly where this might take us and what it means for us as a culture. Um, it's obviously going to change how we connect with each other into the long run and people are getting that sense of isolation and going, well, hang on a second,
0: I didn't. I actually need people. How do I connect with people better? Mm. Um I think it's going to make people far more community minded in the end. Hmm. Really interesting observation. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for, for joining us on the podcast. It's tremendous to get your insights. What's really interesting is that, you know, the church has got exactly the same challenges as a, a lot of businesses right now. Your business model has been turned on its head. And um, and, and it's really interesting, you know, there, there aren't too many businesses that own much more real estate than the churches. Uh, and, uh, and you might imagine to the extent that um, uh, that, that there's a paradigm shift that could just happen in the next few years as a result of the church's uh, adoption of technology. Very true. Mm, very interesting times. Well, thanks again, Stephen. I much appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Cheers, mate. thank you again to everybody who's been tuning into the podcast we've now had over ten thousand downloads so if you're enjoying what you're listening to on the podcast you certainly found a home here so please stay tuned to more episodes of the property pulse podcast simply by subscribing now on the podcast provider of your choice i'm dave from real and we'll look
1: forward to bringing you more next time